Welcome to the teaching ministry of Calvary Port St. Lucie. Let's join missions pastor Matt Missiano with the message. Absorb. Um, I've titled the message this morning, Absorbed. If you grab your phones and open up uh, your Bible app to Colossians, the third chapter, um, you grab your Bibles, open it up to Colossians, the third chapter. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat that's right in front of you. Uh, like Pastor Mike said, I'm Matt Missiano, the pastor of missions here at Calvary. Um, and I'm, I'm really humbled to be doing what I'm doing and to also see what God is doing in this local church. And I absolutely love serving on this awesome team. I am honestly looking forward to the day where many of you will join us on a trip when we go um, out of the country and we go experience life outside of the United States, uh, go experience the mission field abroad. 2017 was an incredible year for our missions ministry here at Calvary, and 2018, I truly believe, is going to be another great year. I would like to highlight in March our young adults ministry led by Aaron and his wife Mackenzie. Um, we went to Mirabai Lay with uh, a group of young adults, and we poured into the high school students at the orphanage. It was an incredible, incredible time. I'm so excited that our young adults actually um, got out of their comfort zones and went over to Haiti and loved on these children. Uh, one cool thing, too, you know, um, I heard feedback from the high school students. They say, every time teams come, they always focus on the younger kids. You know, they're cute, they're cuddly, and sometimes the older kids get lost in, the, in essentially the shadows. They're, they're in the back burner. And uh, so they felt like they were a priority. And so that's really awesome to know that as a church, because of your faithful giving, also our church um, supporting GVCM, that we're making a difference in the lives of the children at the orphanage over there. So I just wanna personally thank you and also ask for your prayers for the month of May. Um, right around the corner, two weeks, we're gonna be heading out with medical professionals providing a service that they just can't access. And so we will have a full-blown medical mission where um, all the children at the orphanage will, will receive top-shelf care. And so I'm extremely excited about that but I know that we need your prayers. We need your prayers to back that up. Um, and it, it's really cool too, you think economically, they just can't afford the service. And so these professionals are going over providing an incredible, incredible service so we can treat the children. Um, so keep us in your prayers. And so December 31st, I shared my message, um, Reckless. I shared my testimony. Um, if you didn't hear it, you can go to our website and hear the full testimony, but I wanna give a quick recap. Um, and so I grew up in a broken home. I made many, many, many poor choices as a young man. Drugs, alcohol, multiple relationships. Um, I gave my life to Christ, but I began to live a double life. And so I bought the lie that being a Christian was too hard, so I decided to enlist in the United States Army. Um, I deployed to Iraq two times where I saw more chaos, death, exhaustion, pain, brokenness than truly time permits me to go into this morning. I did get out, and I tried to make my problems go away, but I tried to make them go away in illegitimate ways. But by God's grace and his reckless love for me, I have been fully restored. And so I'm so excited that God can do a work in all of us, and, and I am only one of many who served our country. So this morning, if you served our country, could you please stand up so we could thank you for your service to our country? So thank you very much for your service. I know I served, but I have a lot of respect for the military. So thank you very much for your service. And so for you military people, um, the introduction this morning may make the most sense to you, um, but I'll simplify it at the end. Um, as a soldier, 
I very much enjoyed land navigation. Nothing like being dropped off in the middle of a mountain with a compass, a map, a protractor, pace count beads, a meal ready to eat, and a bottle of water. You see, it takes extreme concentration, focus, and discipline to get from point A to point B without falling off course, especially when you're navigating through mountainous terrain. An example, if I was given a direction, I would take my compass, shoot an azimuth, which is an angle that I would follow, and I would count my steps to ensure arrival at the correct destination. And in other words, I would focus on where I was going and eventually get there. But I had to pay close attention to each step to make sure I was on course. You see, the enemy wants us to lose focus. The enemy wants us off course. Because did you know that if you go off by one degree, one degree, and you travel for a long period of time, by the time you get to your destination, you're going to be so far away from where you were supposed to be. That's what the enemy wants, just a little bit, a little bit distracted, a little bit off course. But you know what's exciting? We have right here our direction. We have our compass, we have our instruction, and we have all we need right here in the Word of God. And so we're going to look this morning in Colossians, the third chapter, to see how we can lead an effective Christian life and truly be absorbed in the things from above. But church family, if we're not careful, you and I can easily fall off course if we don't pay close attention. But again, right here, we have all we need in the scriptures. So would you join me in prayer as we ask God to bless this time? And so, Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we can be in your presence. Thank you that you've given us your instruction. You've given us our compass, our direction in your Bible, Lord, to live an effective Christian life. Help us this morning to be absorbed in you. Father, I pray that today may be breakthrough for some. Maybe today would be a day where other people decide to just follow you with their whole heart. But God, I know that it's you that's doing the work. And so right now, God, I pray that I would completely decrease and that you would completely increase. Holy Spirit, you know how desperately I need you. And I pray, God, that you would move and that people would be challenged to change. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And so Colossians, a quick summary is Paul wrote the book of Colossians, and that's modern day Turkey today, dated about 61 AD. And Paul wrote it during his first imprisonment in Rome. Colossae was filled with false teaching at this time, Jewish legalism, Greek philosophy, and mysticism. So basically, this is giving you an idea of the crowd at the time. And so we'll take a look at chapter three, where you and I can find direction for our characteristics on, on the way as believers that we should live every day within our Christian lives. And so if you've made it to Colossians, the third chapter, say Amen. And so we'll read verses one through four together. I'll read out loud. You follow along in your heart. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so it says, if then, better said, since. 
And so since you and I who put our faith and trust in Jesus are raised in Christ, then we are called to seek things from above. We are now alive in him. And being alive in him results in the ability to understand truths, realities, blessings, and the will of God. David Guzik wrote, because we are raised with Christ, we should act just as Jesus did when he was resurrected. And so after his resurrection, Jesus left the tomb. So should we. We don't live there anymore. After his resurrection, Jesus spent his remaining time being with and ministering to his disciples. So should we. We should be living our lives to be with and to serve one another. After his resurrection, Jesus lived in the supernatural power and ability to do the impossible. And you know, so should we, with the power and the enabling of the Holy Spirit. After his resurrection, Jesus looked forward to heaven, knowing one day soon that he would ascend there. And so should we, recognizing that our citizenship is in heaven. And so I need you to do a self-inventory. What does this look like in your lives today? Are you looking forward to heaven? Is the old lifestyle in the past? Paul said to set your mind on things that are above. Another way to look at it could be think. Think about things that are above, which leads us to our first point this morning. And so a kingdom impact starts with a mind absorbed on the kingdom. Just like Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness, and all this should be added to you. You see, the best Christian living comes from minds that are fixed on heaven. We are hidden with Christ in God, who is seated on the throne in heaven, which ties our thoughts and our hearts to heaven. Think about Hebrews 11, 9, and 10. We had Abraham. He lived by faith, but he lived in tents because he knew where he was going. He knew that his home was in heaven. I have to ask this morning, are you looking forward to heaven? Being with Jesus for billions and billions of years in our perfect bodies, no more pain, no more suffering, no more chaos. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Amen. Amen. But church family, in the, in the meantime, we're here on earth and we need to be students of the word because there's people that don't know who Jesus is and you may be the person that God chooses to use to reach out and to point another to him. And so we have life, it's short, and we should live all for the Lord. We're tasked with seeking things above. Another way to view it would be our aspirations, our desires, our passions for the things above. You see, because earthly things are not all evil. Let's be honest, though. Some of them are. Even the things that are harmless can become harmful if we put them above things of the Lord, if they begin to rule in our hearts. And so I got to ask again, are, are there things ruling in your hearts other than from above? Think about that for a second. Are there things ruling in your heart other than from above? 
Another exciting part about this passage is uh, I'm, I'm excited about the promise of Jesus' return. Not only will we see him in his glory, but we will also appear with him in glory. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited for that moment. It'll, it'll be the moment that my abs actually appear in my, in my glorified body. Yeah, I, I enjoy cake. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll have our perfect bodies there. And so um, I, I found that to be super funny. I, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to pick it up in verses 5 through 7. So follow along with me. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. You see, we're called to put to death the things that are against God and that are a part of this world. It's simple. That's what we're called to do. We need to live in the reality that God has done a work in us, that we have died, and we need to live out the implications of this death. It is because of this that we can put to death the things in our lives against our identity in Jesus. Not to be taken lightly. Not to suppress or to control evil acts, but do you understand? We can wipe them out completely. You and I have a chance to put these things to death in the sense of denying these things. You see, these sins are specifically listed so we could specifically know what is wrong. The first four refer to sexual sin. This is a big problem in our culture. Would you agree? Would you agree it's a big problem globally? You see, it was a huge problem in my life, as I shared in the message, Reckless. Covetousness, idolatry. Is there anything ruling in your hearts today? Is there any idols in your heart? Is there anything that you're putting before God? You see, every Christian should be seeking happiness in Christ, not on the things that are going to fade away. You see, the wrath of God is coming for those who don't come in humility to Jesus. And do you know one sin is enough for admission to hell? One sin. And this world needs Jesus in a big way. These sins clearly show rebellion towards God. However, did you know they're in the past tense for the believer? Look at verse 7. In these two you once walked when you were living in them. We have been justified. Those who put their faith and trust in Jesus. But let me tell you, a true Christian should not be comfortable in habitual sin. We will fall short of the glory of the Lord but this should not be the norm in our journey. We'll pick it up in verse eight and nine. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. You see, this is a call to action on our parts. We're called to remove the traces of worldliness. And you know, sometimes these sins are categorized as the little sins. But you see, Paul is challenging us to remove all sin. Misdemeanor or felony, aren't they both still crimes? 
Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech. Big or small, they're all wrong. And you see, the consequences are different for the offenses. You see, if I was to say something mean versus robbing a bank, my consequences are going to be different. One of the consequences from my past is that my daughter's growing up in a broken home. But by God's grace, her mother and I have a great friendship. We co-parent well together, and, and not perfect, but thank God that in spite of the past, that he can make all things new. In spite of our differences, that we can work together for the greater good of my daughter, but she's 10, and she's going through these difficult things right now in her life, and I didn't realize the consequences that were going to be tied to my decisions. Think about it. Think about it before you do it. You may not realize at the moment, but it could hurt bigger than you can imagine. Put off the old practices of the old man in our lives. Think about it for a minute. When our toothbrushes are a little old, the bristles start falling off, maybe our clothes become a little, I don't know, they lose their color or they start falling apart. Maybe your tires are bald and there's metal sticking out. What do we do? We get rid of them. We replace them because they become ineffective. The same goes for the attributes of the old man in each one of us. Do you notice the majority of these sins that we just read are committed by what we say? Slander, gossip, anger, inappropriate speech. James 3 talks about the mouth giving blessings and cursings. You know, one specific one that stands out to me is lies. You see, we can lie, to, we, we can lie with or without words. Knowing the truth and being silent or using facial gestures to misdirect the outcome of a situation. So again, my 10-year-old little girl, I remember a time where she made a huge mess and the evidence was everywhere. And then I realized the evidence was also all over her. And so when I looked down at her and said, what happened? She decided to respond using facial gestures. She did the puppy dog face. And in my heart, I'm like, oh, you're not getting away with this because you got the puppy dog face. But do you know what happened? She got away with it because of the puppy dog face. <laughs> I happen to be a sucker for the puppy dog face with my little girl. But it was interesting because, you know, you could tell a lie without even using words. And so she knew that she did the wrong thing and she thought being cute could get herself out of it. But just know that even in our, in our lives, I know it's, it's talking about what we say, but you can also tell a lie without being honest. You may know the truth and remain silent or you can lead somebody the wrong way with your facial gestures. But we're called to put off all sin. You see, the first section that we read, they had some so-called serious sins i.e. moral felonies. And the second section had some so-called lesser sins, i.e. moral misdemeanors. But it's all evil. One sin disqualifies us from eternity, and the wages of sin is death, which requires repentance and faith in Jesus. You see, the gift of salvation through Jesus is the only way for us to have eternal life with the Father. And Paul is bridging the importance of Christian living and pointing all of us to a lifestyle of sexual morality served with the right attitude with a dessert plate full of loving one another, the perfect recipe for the Christian walk. 
Notice I didn't say perfect life. Let's be real. We're gonna have challenges. But if we follow these principles, you and I will have all that we need, and it's right here in the Bible. We have all that we need. So when a lustful thought, a strong passion, anger, an evil desire, an evil thought, a lie, or anything else sinful, you gotta deal with it immediately. Reject it. It doesn't belong. It has no right to be there, and I gotta be honest, it has no right to be giving you orders. You see, life can be filled with distractions that demand our time and our attention. And so where's your focus? What consumes you? What are you absorbed in? Think about it for a minute. What consumes you? Is it work, a relationship, good or bad? Is it your parenting? Is it your career? Is it a passion, a hobby? Is it alcohol? Is it television? Is it pornography? So many other fill in the blanks. I gotta ask, are you fully absorbed by the will of God? And so I'm gonna do a quick demonstration for you. I went out to uh, dinner with Maria Diaz. If you all know the greeter, lovely lady who always gives everyone a hug at the door. And uh, we went to Carabas. Um, this was a while back. And um, I got a steak, and they made this uh, garlic thing on the side. So it was a whole head of garlic that they roasted. And uh, I ate it. And it was amazing. Well, does anyone know what happens a few days after you eat a whole head of garlic? Okay, so I'm not the only one. All right. And so for days, it was coming out of my pores. What I absorbed was coming out. You see, we talked about the sins. We talked about the sins we must put off. And like, just like the garlic, I absorbed the garlic. It was coming out of my pores. This bowl represents the sin bowl. This is the old man. And so here, got a little bit of food coloring. And so here's a little bit of hate. And here's a little bit of anger. And adultery, here's a little lie, cheating, stealing, unhealthy anger, getting drunk, looking at pornography, and, and much more. And so these things in our lives be begin to just take over. And you see, the dirty water now represents the sin, and the sponge is the sinner. And you see, we're absorbed in the filth, and the sponge begins to take it in. It becomes heavy. It's unpleasant to look at, and if it, honestly, if it sits too long, it begins to stink. You see, what we absorb is what comes out. You and I are just sponges, and just like the garlic. What we absorb is what comes out. What we expose ourselves to, our influence, television, whatever we're watching that may not be of the Lord, whatever we're exposing ourselves, we're absorbing. And so what comes out when we're squeezed? When the storms of life come, when issues arise, when painful things happen, what comes out of us? Well, it could be what we're absorbing. 
And so what are you absorbed in? Is it anger? Is it hate? Is it greed? Is it lies? An affair? Addictions? Porn? A lie? And much more. And so we'll come back to this demonstration. And so this is the old man, the old way, things that we used to be absorbed in. But the new man, those of us that have put our trust and faith in Jesus, the new man, let's read about that in verse 10 and 11. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. And so barbarian at this time, the word was applied to those who did not speak Greek, and a Scythian represents the lowest type of barbarian, which leads us to our second point. As we put off the old man, we must put on a new man. You know, the new man is like putting on a new set of clothes. Listen, you and I, we're gonna be renewed. One definition says to be given fresh life to or strength to. But do you know that continual renewing is necessary in order that the new life may have full dominion over our moral conduct? You see, I love this part because in Christ, there are no distinctions of race, class, and culture. They're all transcended. In other words, all of us are a part of the family in Christ. Christ is all and in all. All barriers have been broken down when we are in Christ. For those of us who put our faith and trust in Jesus, we're a family. There are no barriers. Jesus broke down all the barriers. That excites me. And so verses 12 and 13, it's time for our identity. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Chosen ones, holy and beloved, separated from all that is unclean and unto God. That's exciting. Each one of the qualities listed here are relational. And it's very important for us to understand that every quality has to do with personal relationships. Holy and beloved, so dedicated or consecrated to God and dearly loved. Compassionate hearts, feeling or showing sympathy or concern for others. Kindness, friendly, generous, considerate. Humility, a modest, low view of one another's or, or one's importance. So a modest, low view of self-importance, another word for that would be humbleness. Meekness can be called the child of humility, submissive. Patience also can be called the child of humility, which is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. So here it is, quick self-assessment. Measure how you're treating people and what are the quality of relationships in your life today. This is a great tool for us as believers to kind of gauge where we're at. 
We're called to forgive one another as Jesus has forgiven us. So our third point this morning is forgive the same way that you have been forgiven. You see, God holds back his anger a very long time when we sin against him. He bears with us a long time even when we sorely provoke him. More often than not, we only consider forgiving if the offending party really wants forgiveness and makes the first move. But God makes the first move towards us in forgiveness. More often than not, we'll only forgive if the individual promise, I'll never do it again. But you see, God forgives often knowing that you and I will do it again. And sometimes we will do it the same exact way. More often than not, we will continue to offer reconciliation unless it's rejected. You and I won't offer reconciliation if it's rejected. But God keeps reaching out to man for reconciliation even after man refuses him again and again and again. God is good. And I just want to be real clear. Forgiveness is not the same as trust. Establishing boundaries is wisdom. You can forgive someone and move on with your life, but you don't necessarily have to restore a relationship. Hear me out. I do forgive the man who sexually abused me when I was eight. I forgive him. I don't harbor any bitterness in my heart towards him, but I don't have to invite him to my house for dinner. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have to trust him, but I do have to forgive him. And I know some of you are like, oh man, some of the things that have happened to me, it'll be hard to forgive. Let me tell you, if you get absorbed in things of above, God will give you a supernatural power to forgive regardless of how hard or how much it hurts. So we'll read verses 14 and 16, or 14 through 16. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. You see, the summary of all these things is love. Love is what God requires for us in our relationships. You see, all the qualities that were listed in verses 12 and 13 are all parts of love, but love is larger than any one of them. Love is what balances them. David Guzik said, peace should rule the community of God's people. I gotta ask you, do you have peace in your heart? Is peace ruling in your heart? Peace should be ruling in our heart as a community, the community of God's people. The Apostle Paul says, let it rule. The Greek word means arbitrate, to reach an authoritative judgment or settlement. Have you reached an authoritative judgment or settlement? Are you settled in your heart with the peace of God? Is the Lord ruling in your hearts today? You see, the new man is dedicated to the word of God and worship with other believers. And you can do that in a Calvary group. You can do that here on the weekend. And I really would like to drive the Calvary group 
September 2013 is when God got a hold of me. My whole life changed. I got involved with some brothers who were patient with me, who were encouraging me, who were faithful to love me right where I was at, and that took place in my group. I had no idea that that would be the outcome. Let me challenge you. If you are not in a group yet, get in a group. Changed my life. God used it in a big way. Don't limit yourself from God doing a big work. Get involved in a group. Iron sharpens iron. And for years, these guys call me, how you doing? Where you at? What's going on in your spiritual life? How's your heart? How you feeling? What can I pray for you about? Community. Community of believers. That's what, that's what we're here for. We're here for one another. Another way we could do that is worship here. We could worship God during the service, which our worship today was incredible. We can listen to the songs throughout the week. I personally listen to worship music all week because it's an incredible way for me to connect with the Lord. And so I want to talk to you quickly about the new man. So we'll just go to the second part of our demonstration this morning. And so the new man, this is, this is those who put their trust and faith in Jesus. And so here we have the same bowl, the same sponge, absorbing, soaking up the pure water. It's clear. It doesn't smell. It doesn't have a terrible look. It's heavy. but it's heavy with clean water. You see, the clean water represents the heavenly things that you and I can absorb. The word of God, worship, fellowship with other believers, getting involved in a Calvary group. You see, once in a while, the sponge may have to clean up a mess. Let's be realistic. There will be some things that happen in our lives that get messy, and we're gonna have to clean them up but we can squeeze that sponge, we can get that filth out, and we can go back to absorbing the clear things of the Lord. We can go back to the worship, back to the Bible. Remember, not perfection. We're gonna make mistakes, but don't live there. Reject it. And sanctification, let me, let me just say, sanctification will squeeze out the impurities, and sanctification will be for the rest of our existence on this earth. We will go through sanctification. But let me tell you, when you're absorbed in things of the Lord, guess what comes out when you're squeezed? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. What are you absorbed in? Are you absorbed in the things of the Lord? Are you absorbed in God's word? Maybe, maybe there's some things that you're absorbed in that you need to change. Let's read verse 17, our last verse this morning. And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see, the, the new man lives his life all for the Lord. You can pull up that last point. Live, live your lives fully absorbed in the Lord. He will only seek to do the things that will honor the Lord. 
he or she will only seek to do things that honor the Lord and point others to Jesus in doing so. All for the Lord. I love this motto. It reminds me of my purpose and realigns my perspective daily. John, if you could pull up the last four points, I just want to do a quick recap. So our kingdom impact starts with a mind absorbed in the kingdom. And so we know how to do that. We get into the word, we get into worship, we fellowship with other believers, we have a kingdom mind frame, we can make a kingdom impact. Let me tell you, you show up in God's presence, God's gonna do something huge in your life. Get absorbed in the things from above. Number two, as we put off the old man, we must put on the new man. I heard it said, if I don't keep the foot on the neck of the old me, he will stand right up. I gotta keep the foot on the neck of the old me. I gotta put on that new man. I'm now a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Time to get rid of those old things that I used to be absorbed in and be absorbed in the things that God wants me to be absorbed in. Number three, forgive the same way you have been forgiven. Don't forget, trust and forgiveness are two different things. God may be calling you to reconcile a past hurt. Praise God. But just so you know, if he's not, make sure you've forgiven the person and move on. Forgiveness, forgiveness, walk in forgiveness. And then live your lives fully absorbed in the Lord. And so we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to live our lives fully absorbed in the Lord, and that's daily pursuit. You and God. You and the Lord. Getting into his presence daily. Making your quiet time a priority. Making church a priority. Making serving a priority. Connecting a priority. And watch God show up in a big way in your lives. Just like the soldier in the beginning, don't go off course. We have clear direction on how you and I should live. And do you know that if we apply these biblical truths, we will live out our Christian life making a huge impact for the kingdom. But we have to be absorbed in the things from above. And again, don't get me wrong, sometimes we'll fall off course get back on course. If you're absorbed in something that you shouldn't be, squeeze it out. Replace it with something that God is going to do an amazing thing in your heart. And so the response this morning is just going to be a little bit different. I would just challenge you, if you're absorbed in something that you shouldn't be, if you want that to go, if you want to give it to God right now, Maybe like the soldier, maybe, maybe you're on course and you just you slipped off a little bit, maybe a degree or two and you've been traveling. Maybe it's time to stop and, and get realigned. Maybe right now you can realign yourself with the Lord. Maybe you've fallen off course. Maybe you're absorbed in something that you shouldn't. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, all I wanna do this morning is pray for you right where you're seated. And so here's, here's how I wanna do this with no one looking around, if maybe you, you feel like, oh, I've been absorbed in something I shouldn't be, or, or I've fallen off course, raise your hand so I can pray for you. Praise God. And so here's what I'm gonna do. And, and here's the awesome thing. God knows your heart. You can make this happen. You can make this right with the Lord right now in your heart. Sometimes we fall off course. Sometimes we get absorbed in the wrong thing, but squeeze it out, get realigned, because that's what God wants you to do. And so for everyone who raised their hand, you can put your hands down. Praise God that you responded to the Lord in this way. He sees your heart, but you gotta make this happen. And it's gotta be you and God in the trenches. 
And so Jesus, for everyone who raised their hand this morning, you saw their hearts. You know, Lord, that maybe they're absorbed in something that they shouldn't be. Maybe they've fallen off course. God, they're reaching out to you, they're crying out to you in their hearts, they're saying, I want, I want to change. A supernatural change to take place. And God, I just pray that they would pursue you, that they would replace whatever it is they're absorbed in, and they would be fully absorbed in the things from above. God, that you would do a huge work in their hearts, that they would be transformed because of their decision to get back on course. And so God, thank you so much for all that you do in our lives. We love and praise you. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. One of the greatest gifts God can give his children is the assurance of their salvation. If you're not sure where you stand with God, we wanna help. Visit our website at calvarypsl.com. Click on I'm new here, then knowing Christ.